0: roto grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports the morning grind stevie tpfl and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's dfs slate without further ado here's your host Stephen young Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it is October 11th, it's 2019. We're going to talk some MLB one-game showdown, NFL injuries, and I'm going to do some fun NBA predictions. I'm just kind of giving out my thoughts on who's going to win each division, championship, and all that good stuff. Just to have some fun here on Friday. If you haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com, sign up through the Rotogrinders links. That way you get three months of Rotogrinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. They got a ton of stuff going on. First of all, you need to go enter the morning grind free roll listeners league. Um, we posted the link for that in the comments section of the week six NFL podcast post here on Rotogrinders. So just go to Rotogrinders. Go to the podcast, go to week six um, for the morning grind, and it is right there in the comments section. And uh, right now, there are 77 people signed up for it, and we're paying 82 spots. So make sure you get into that thing. Um, Top three people, top three finishers will get a Grinders t-shirt. So take advantage of that. They also have their $500,000 Hooters main event contest, rake-free DFS over there on Fantasy Draft. So kind of a flatter payout structure this week. I like it. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you head on over there and give them some love. Um, been working with them for a long time now, and um, you know, glad that we're able to do a little bit of a free roll for the listeners this weekend. Uh, So yeah, so let's talk some baseball here. We got um, the first game on the National League side of things, Washington at St. Louis. I think this is a game that we're going to see quite a bit of runs scored. We saw these pitchers or these teams use up a lot of the pitching to try to get to this point. Um, So I think outside of, if you think about it, outside of Houston and New York like the American League side didn't really use a lot but the National League side definitely did um it's an eight total St. Louis is favored by 128 here Miles Mikolas Anibal Sanchez I don't really like Sanchez here um I'm not I'm not digging his price like he's one of the highest priced players on this entire slate for the showdown slate so I, I struggle with that. I like playing pitchers on the showdown slates; um, they're guaranteed points most of the time. But Animal Sanchez is a guy that I don't typically love to play, and I hate the fact that he's so expensive here. I think that you know he's a guy that is going to score fantasy points here. So, like, I, I struggle with the the do I just play him? He's a pitcher type of build and like st louis yeah they have some bats here that can hit sanchez sanchez uh, not a big strikeout guy so uh, right now i'm leaning towards um i'll probably play three lineups for the showdown slate here for this baseball game and i'll probably play sanchez on one maybe two of those lineups um just because it's just pitchers on showdown slates um make all the difference usually so and then on the other side miles mikolas i have a lot more interest in mikolas just because of the price um you get a nice discount from sanchez to mikolas mikolas has been better at home the entire season i'm not too concerned with the bottom of the washington lineup zimmerman gomes taylor pitcher spot i feel like that's where he could really excel here but i like the bats on both sides of this game i think both of these pitchers are very hittable um neither one of these pitchers really just have massive strikeout stuff you know miles mikolas does well with his control and you know he he beats people that way so that's always something you got to remember but when we're looking at, like, the Washington bats here, you know, Anthony Rendon obviously is very expensive. Trey Turner's expensive. Um, but they're the they're the top two options with Soto being right there as well. Those are the guys that I really want to play here. Um, you know, Kurt Suzuki dealing with um, concussion protocol. So he might not even be in there. So Jan Gomes might catch. He's really cheap. Um, if you're just looking for like a cheaper play, like I said, Michael Taylor will probably be in the lineup, so another cheaper bat. I don't think Matt Adams will be in there. I think it will be Zimmerman. I would love to see Adams in the lineup um over Zimmerman. I feel like if that happens, um, you know, Adams has some pop and he's cheap, so could potentially be pretty chalky. Adam Eaton has a decent price tag. Um, you know, he's not your power type of guy, but, you know, batting up towards the top of this order. Miles Mikolas is a little bit better against righties uh, than lefties, so Adam Eaton would be another guy that i throw out there. So, I think my top overall bat from Washington would probably be Juan Soto. Just, just taking ceiling, and Juan Soto walks at a high rate. There's a good chance he's going to put up fantasy points in this one, so if I'm looking at somebody, I'm looking at Juan Soto as like the top play, but he's expensive too. It's, you know, you're not getting any of these guys really that cheap. So, so, and then on the other side the St. Louis side of things, um, you are getting a little bit cheaper bats here. Love Ozuna. He's just been crushing the baseball. Um, the whole series against the Braves, he crushed the ball. So, Sanchez he just doesn't give up or doesn't get as many ground balls to righties as he does lefties Um, you know so we've seen this all season he tries to use his splitter more against lefties than he does righties and it generates more ground balls against lefties so he gives up a little bit more power to lefties but the fly balls are a lot higher the hard hit rate is a lot higher against righties it has been throughout the season so Goldie and Ozuna really stand out to me. If I'm on Mikolas, um, then I'm definitely on you know some of these St. Louis bats and just taking advantage of the cheap bats. Like Dexter Fowler, potentially going to bat lead off here as one of the cheapest hitters on the slate. So like I think he's going to be pretty chalky here. Um, Molina might be interesting as kind of a tournament play that not a lot of people will be on just because he's a catcher. But he's really, really cheap here. Um, Colton Wong is cheap. If he continues to hit second, I think you definitely have to look at him. So we'll have to see what the outfield situation looks like here. Batter is really, really cheap if he cracks the lineup. You know, you have to worry about pinch hit risk for some of these guys. But, you know, taking advantage of the cheap bats here um, is definitely something that I would do for the Cardinals side. And Anibal Sanchez, like I said, both of these guys are pretty hittable. So, um, you know, definitely take advantage of that. Uh, nothing else really to add to the one-game <coughs> showdown slate for baseball. With not a lot going on right now, um, I decided to do something that I don't usually do on Fridays. I decided that, you know, I'd go kind of through the injuries and talk about, like, football for week six you know if this person misses how who will benefit and stuff like that so um so yeah just I just figured like maybe that helps um you know you just keep track of where everything's at and what you need to be looking at going into the weekend so again not a lot going on so I figured that would help so we'll start with running backs um not going in any particular order. I'm just going how I have them listed. Alvin Kamara is where I'll get started. He popped up on the injury um, report on Thursday. I really hate late additions to the injury report. That's never a good thing um, in my opinion. But, you know, he was limited. If, If Kamara ends up missing, which I think at this point right now is a long shot for him to miss this game, I think there's a high probability that he plays this game for what it's worth. So, if if he ends up missing this game, I think that you would look to Washington. Um, you would look to Murray. Murray would be the top option here if he misses. But uh, Washington's the only other running back on the roster at this point. So, like, Murray would be one of the best value plays on the entire slate if we get news that Kamara is going to miss. Um, you know, Kamara has played a ton of the snaps. I, I, honestly, I think Kamara plays, but if he doesn't, it will be um, Latavius Murray probably taking on that role of you know eighty percent, kind of close to what Kamara has been playing recently. So we'll have to see how and if this injury becomes a thing on Friday and Saturday. But uh, right now, it's just something to watch with Alvin Kamara. And Murray would definitely be um, a huge, huge bump if that happens. So next up, we got um, Chris Carson. You know, Chris Carson's a guy that obviously we we want to play him this week. So with him being limited on Thursday with a shoulder issue, you know, you have to be a little concerned. But he did say he's really close to 100%. I don't think this is anything that's going to be a thing. Um, We just saw San Francisco just absolutely crush this Cleveland run defense. So, obviously, I have a lot of interest in Carson. He's coming off of two games where he's played at least 80% of the snaps. He's getting the workload that we want. Um, If he misses, I think Rashard Penny would be the guy that I would use It it would obviously be a really good spot. Penny is pretty cheap across the industry. So if Carson missed, Penny would be the guy. But I think Carson plays. I don't think this is one that you really have to worry about. Now we get into this next one, and, like, these are the guys that I kind of did it more towards, like, um, the concerned ones. And, like, Todd Gurley held out of practice again Thursday. This quad thing, this contusion, you know, obviously – is becoming a thing where we really got to start paying attention to this because Todd Gurley is pretty cheap this week. But if Todd Gurley doesn't play, Malcolm Brown is really cheap. I think he would be the guy. I am a little concerned McVay did say that he wants to get um, Henderson more involved this weekend. Is he, like, setting it up already, like, to tell us that Gurley's not going to go and, like, we potentially see, like, a 60-40 split um, Brown and Henderson here. So um obviously both of those guys would be very interesting considering their pricing um but i think that you know especially if cooks misses which we'll get to that when we get to wide receivers but it's gonna be a week to play the passing game jared goff at home been much better at home throughout the season so career really so yeah looking at this uh is one that you know we're waiting for more news to come out on friday they did a walk through practice on thursday and he missed that still so uh, Gurley is one of the ones that is a big question mark, and then we go to the other one, which is I feel like this is the most important one of the weekend, and that's David Johnson. He didn't practice again on Thursday. He worked with the trainers on the side, but he's dealing with this back injury. This is another four o'clock game. Chase Edmonds would be one of the best value plays on the entire slate. He would be the he would be my favorite value play, chalky or non chalky. I think that you know Edmonds is the guy that. If DJ misses, Edmonds is a guy you want in tournaments, you want in cash games. He's a pass catching back that is going up against Atlanta. We want to play DJ in this spot because of the same thing. So really going to have to pay attention to this David Johnson news. And hopefully, if he doesn't end up playing, we get more news Friday and Saturday and not have to really adjust on the fly on Sunday afternoon. So going to be interesting roster construction-wise how we're going to have to approach this on late swap sites. So, um, you know, obviously I think that this is one that you're going to have to really follow because I feel like this is the most important one of the weekend. So, um, just want to kind of touch on some of the news that came out really quick on Adrian Peterson before we move on to wide receiver. So, Adrian Peterson – This new coach, um, Bill Callahan, really wants to establish a run. He wants to get Peterson carries. I'm not an Adrian Peterson guy. We've had this conversation so many times um, over the past years. Peterson is interesting this weekend on a FanDuel or Yahoo on non-PPR sites. He doesn't make a ton of sense on PPR sites because he's not going to go out there and get five to ten catches. So he's really touchdown dependent, in my opinion. And if you're going to play a touchdown dependent guy, you play him on FanDuel or Yahoo, where you know half-point PPR, the touchdowns are essentially worth, worth more. So like if you're taking shots on AP, do it on FanDuel and Yahoo. He's 4,500 on DraftKings. Uh, he's cheap on Fantasy Draft as well. But, again, there are some cheap backs that I like more than him. Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, Grant really liked Ido Smith. Like, I, I think I'd play Ido Smith at low ownership before I would play Adrian Peterson at 10%. Um, and I wouldn't even be shocked if Peterson gets to, like, 15% by the end of the weekend. Um, but I, I don't expect Peterson to be, like, 25%, 30% owned. If he is, I'll be way underweight on that. So, um, just kind of hope that he doesn't do his thing. So, um, moving over to the wide receiver position uh, as far as injuries go. There wasn't uh, to be – first of all, there wasn't a lot of um, injury news for quarterback. I think everything's going to be, you know, good like we talked about on the podcast for football yesterday on Thursday, week six. Um you know, looking at the wide receivers, we we obviously have to start in Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, you know, getting closer and closer. He's yet to have a full practice, though, so I, I highly doubt they play him without a full practice. Maybe they do. Um, Watkins has yet to practice this week with the hamstring injury. So Friday is going to be very important for Kansas City because if Hill and Watkins miss – it's really a bump to Kelsey, Hardman, Robinson Pringle, um, you know, Pringle being the the cheap play coming off an eight target game. Um, but like, I think that you know you don't want to forget about Robinson here. I think that's going to be a, a potential common mistake, is everybody's going to go to Byron Pringle here, and if people are just going to forget to play. Demarcus Robinson and I think that's a huge mistake especially when we're looking at like Demarcus Robinson played 98% of the snaps last week Um, Pringle ended up playing like 85% but for me I think that just be careful I I will play plenty of Pringle if Watkins and Hill both sit but um, I will make sure I have plenty of Robinson as well Brandon Cooks, still in concussion protocol, like I said, with Gurley. They did not do a full practice Thursday. They did a walk-through type of practice. I guess it was super windy. Um, if Brandon Cooks misses, you know, I, I think you can obviously bump up some of these guys, but I think Everett probably gets the biggest bump if Cooks doesn't play. Um, I'm not really going to play a Josh Reynolds. He's 3,100, but I would much rather take shots elsewhere. But Everett's 3,600. Coming off an 11-target game, eight targets in the game before that. So if Cooks ends up missing, I think that we see Gerald Everett have a, a, another really solid game here and um, would be one of my favorite tight end plays on the weekend. Um, let's see here. There's – oh, Deshaun Jackson not not likely going to play. We talked about this a little bit on the podcast yesterday. I think Nelson Aguilar is in a really good spot here uh, with Rhodes potentially shadowing Jeffrey and by potentially it's likely going to happen. Um, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, um, he's missed back-to-back practices. If he's out, um, it's probably a bump the most for Mark Andrews and Willie Sneed. I said this on the podcast yesterday when we were breaking down this game. I think you could potentially take long shots um, on, like, a Seth Roberts. He's min-salary. If we get news that Brown's not going to play, maybe take a shot there. Maybe take a shot on Boykin. So, you know, it would obviously become a very interesting situation because it is Cincinnati. They can't really stop anybody. Um, Boykin didn't play any of the snaps last week. Roberts ended up playing quite a bit. So I still lean towards taking a flyer on Roberts or like a Willie Sneed. So... Um, it's just one of those things where it's going to be a tough situation to kind of figure out. But Lamar Jackson still by himself is fine. Lamar Jackson with Andrews. Uh, Willie Steen's not like he's extremely cheap. So he would not likely need a touchdown at that price point to pay it off. So again, that's where I lean more of taking maybe like a shot on like a Seth Roberts who's min salary. So. Um, That's kind of it for injuries. I didn't really see anything on tight end. Mark Andrews is a little banged up. Vernon Davis is still in concussion protocol. I think Andrews plays – you know, Vernon Davis will have to see concussion protocol if he can get through that or not. Um, He's yet to fully practice. Um, Hurden, Hurden for the Jets, um, he's going to be out longer now, dealing with a hamstring injury now. So, you know, Crowder, Thomas – Anderson, you know, I think Bell, like we talked about um, yesterday, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it for NFL injuries. Pay attention to that going through. Um, we have the Situation Room here at Grinders. You can go and check that out to kind of follow injuries as well. Uh, so, let's do some fun NBA projections or predictions. Um, just going to kind of give my quick – very lightly researched um thoughts here on who's gonna win some divisions. I'll we'll probably do a we'll probably do an NBA like get ready podcast one day next week um where we talk about the stats that we like you know moves that are important and stuff like that. So Look Look out for that next week. Um, basketball getting closer and closer. A lot of people excited for the NBA this season. I'm excited just because I feel like there's a bunch of good teams this year. And um, I don't think there – I don't think there's a clear favorite this year. Um, I, I know there are clear favorites, obviously. But – Anyway, um, so looking at – we'll start with the Pacific Division. We'll start with the West. Um, you know, obviously, anytime you're looking at the Pacific, you, you have to look at Golden State. Um, but for me, like, I'm not rolling out Golden State this year, and the Clippers are the favorite to win this division – But I get really excited when I think about Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing together. Um, So I think the Clippers are going to be a great defensive team. You know, like I said, I think they're the favorites. But my my prediction here for the Pacific Division, I'm going to say the Lakers win this division. Um, Again, I really get excited when I think about, you know, Davis and LeBron playing together. I think that this team has a ton of upside if these two guys can stay healthy. You know, the Lakers were really good last year until LeBron got hurt. So if these guys can stay healthy, I I think that they're going to win the Pacific. The Northwest division is a very interesting division. Um, I kind of think Portland might take a step back. The Thunder, obviously, don't have to really worry about them. Um, Utah and Denver is where it really comes down to in this division. Um, I'm giving a slight edge, I think, to Denver here. I think this young team potentially takes the next step this season. I think it's gonna be pretty close battle here in this division between the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Blazers, but the three headed monster. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the slight edge. I think that um I would take Denver if I was throwing some you know, some few few bucks on this one here. Uh the Southwest division, see this one's really interesting too. Like I, I think Houston's a clear favor here. Um They're obviously my favorite to win this. It's hard to count the Spurs, but I think the Houston Rockets, they're going to be able to score at will here. Um, Good luck stopping two of the best scorers in the NBA on the same team. So um, no trouble scoring for this team. A lot of upside here for this team just in general. So this is a spot that I really like Houston. I'm really interested to see how – dallas and new orleans place um just in general here i think dallas has the potential to be really really solid this season so we'll have to kind of see um how dallas looks but i, I think that the core for dallas is strong so we'll have to see Uh let's see the southeast division i'm a homer um let's go magic You know, this division is not terrible, but it's not great either. It's one of the weaker Eastern divisions, in my opinion. You know, this is just one of those things where, uh, again, I'm a homer. Um, Miami adding Jimmy Butler should obviously help them. If I wasn't a homer, I'd probably take Miami. I think the Magic are going to be solid this season. I think, you know, Washington, if they stay healthy, has potential. Um, Like, if I was taking a – flyer here like the washington wizards are like 100 100 to 1 to win the southeast division so i wouldn't mind throwing like a 20 dollar bet on that one just to get the 100 to 1 odds to win this division um how it sits right now so again i think it's really close between the magic and the heat here again i'm a magic fan so i'm gonna take the magic the Central Division, I think the Bucks, uh, they're odds-on favorite, very, very high favorites to win the East in general. So um, they're they're big-time favorite favorites to win this division as well. So uh, obviously, I'm going go to go the Bucks here. I, I honestly, I just don't think they'll have any issues winning their division this year. Maybe the Pacers give them trouble, but like this division—Cavs, Bulls, Pistons, Pacers, Bucks—like it, it's weak once you get past the Bucks and the Pacers. So, I would take the Bucks here. Probably wouldn't bet on it because you're just not getting good odds on it whatsoever um, to make a futures bet as like this. So, unless you're parlaying it with something, uh, just it just wouldn't be a spot that I would do. Uh, the Atlantic Division, probably the strongest division in the East here. Um, you know, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Nets. The Knicks are by far the worst the worst team in this division. It's not even that close. Um, see, I like the 76ers. You know, they brought in Richardson and Horford. I also don't think Boston is bad here. They, you know, Horford going um, to the 76ers, Kyrie out. But Cantor and Kemba in for Boston, I think Boston's going to be fine. Um, good coaching. I, I think we see, you know, Gordon Hayward a year removed from injury. I think we see him back to 30 to 35 minutes a game type of play. Absolutely crushing it. So, I think Boston has a lot of upside. You know, Toronto and and, and Brooklyn, you know, both in this vision as well. So, I like the Brooklyn Nets if I was laying some money down here just because of the odds that they're getting. Uh twelve to one odds here to win this division. You know, we're gonna talk about them a little bit more when we get to winning the East. Um I kinda like where their odds are at for winning the East as well. So um let's see here, you know, looking at just the West in general, you know, the Clippers are the favorite to win the West, um, followed by the Lakers and the Rockets. You know, I I kind of lean towards the Lakers. I are, again, I really like the Lakers going into this season. It's really hard to count out LeBron James. He has some counterparts now. He has another superstar. Houston's interesting as well, just because of it. it they they have two dynamic scores like Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team. Is just fun. it's gonna be fun to watch. Um. So yeah, looking at looking at who's going to win the West right now, I would take the Lakers. Um, I, I like the Lakers to win the West here, and then on the East side, I like the Bucks to win the East. Again, I don't know if I would necessarily bet it just because you're just not getting great odds. Um, they're the they're the favorite for sure, but I I wouldn't mind throwing a little bet here at the the Nets, uh, ten to one odds to win the East. I, I like the Nets. I, I do. So um You know, the East Finals here. I think that if the Nets play really well and if the Bucks don't get there, I think they're interesting. So uh the NBA championship. So this is this is kind of where you're getting a little bit better odds on the Bucks um if you want to bet the Bucs. I feel like this is where you would probably bet the Bucs. I like the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers are going to win the championship this year. Um, I don't know if I'd bet it at four to one odds, but I definitely would fire some shots here at some of these odds where you're just getting a lot. Like Boston is twenty-five to one. I think that's one that I would throw, um, you know, a, a small little bet on the Nets forty to one. If I'm going to take the Nets at ten to one in the East to win, uh, I'm definitely going to take the Nets at forty to one to win the championship. And it's very rare um for the last few years to see Golden State at twelve to one to win the championship here. So you know, I, I don't mind um you know, firing a small bet at that as well. Steph Curry is Steph Curry still, so I, I think we see I still think like it's just hard in general to count out Steph Curry anytime. So um Twelve to one odds for Golden State seems seems solid, but again, I think the Lakers win the championship this year. I don't know if that's necessarily a hot take by any means. Um, but if I like I said, if I was going to bet the Bucks, this is the spot that I would probably bet the Bucks. I don't really have any like long favorite to win the championship. I think that um, the longest favorite I have is probably the Nets at forty to one. So. That's all I got for today. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Um, We'll be doing NASCAR. It's a super speedway race. Uh, Love super speedway races. So if you want in on that, make sure you go to to rotogrinders.com slash premium slash NASCAR to get in on the action for this weekend. Super speedway race at Talladega. 2 p.m. race. So you can make your lineups. Um, Not a lot is going to change here with Talladega. Once we get starting spots, you know you'll be able to make your lineups on saturday afternoon so uh, excited for that um again if you haven't already make sure you get into the free roll uh for fantasy draft uh awesome sponsors of the podcast check them out you know like i said it pays eighty eighty two 82 spots and we have 78 people in there right now so you're going to have a good chance of getting a little bit of fantasy cash over there on fantasy draft so That's going to wrap it up. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more sports, and we'll see you then.